0: You are listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Marie Shadows, and this is a Chit Chat with Jared Diaz, Bodega Boy. Enjoy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Marie Shadows. We're here with a very talented Wrestler, and we have something in common, so that's also a great thing too. He is a broadcaster, content creator, digital filmmaker, a pro wrestler, a personal trainer, and you can see him on IWTV Wrestle, Wrestling Open, uh, wherever uh, it comes on on the website as well. I am joined by the one, the only, Jerry Diaz, also known as Bodega Boy. How are you doing, sir?
1: You're as a girl, Marie. Thank you Marie. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk about whatever it is you feel like talking about today.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, um, you know, uh, first of all, we're both from New York City. Uh, I that's grew right. up in... I grew up in I grew up in Manhattan. I moved over to the Bronx. Um, Shout so. out BX BX all day.
1: We love to see it. <laughs> uh, th- th-
0: that's totally fine. Uh, the Bronx has definitely become my home because I you know watched many wrestlers uh, definitely like you know grow up um, wrestling in the Bronx and stuff like that. Especially I'm used to uh, BWF uh, Bronx Wrestling Federation mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. So I think the first time that I ever heard Bodega Boy. Uh, is by my buddy JD Alpha, which I think you should know. I know
1: of him. I know of him. Yes.
0: Oh, you know of him. Okay. Cause uh, you know, he sung your praises and he really like enjoyed what you were doing. So that, that, that was my first time. And then when you contacted me, I was like, wait a minute, that sounds familiar, you know? So if you can, please let us know a little bit about, you know, Bodega Boy and like what it means to you the significance. Sure.
1: Yeah. All right. So, you know, I, I, I grew up in the Bronx and, and, a cornerstone breakfast is your little bodega sandwich you know your bacon egg and cheese with the arizona which is 99 cents prices on the can and i feel like just real quick before i get into the rest of it that people think that i just drink this as a gimmick like i'm home with this right now this is what i drink every single day um so i i i feel like i guess the bodega boy as a gar- as a character as a gimmick is like this sort of street kid that kind of hangs out in the corner and messes with people or talks to people or whatever it is. Um, and I, as a social creature, was always talking to Papi and the bodega and like, or whether or it's deli or wherever wherever I'm at, like I'm making friends, I'm talking to people. And I, I sort of created this, I don't know, I guess this character or this mindset around it that like, if I could bring a little piece of home to everywhere I go, then that's something that serves me. So if I'm wrestling in Vegas, I'm wrestling in Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, uh, Indiana, wherever, like I bring a little piece of home with me in my culture and my gimmick and uh, in the way that I carry myself.
0: Which I definitely love because, um, you know, being a wrestler, first and foremost, is like the most important thing. You got the foundation, but then you also need like the character work and sometimes taking a little piece of home with you everywhere you go, you know, can help people relate or they can learn something new and be like, oh, that's interesting. You know, that's not part of like their environment or what they know, uh, which, you know, I appreciate it. So I think that it's a very cool thing uh, to have. Um, so, I, feel uh,
1: like, I feel like it grounds me, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. I definitely understand that. So going back to my chat, I'm going to shout out J-Rod here. Uh, J-Rod is a Mets fan. But you were telling me a little bit earlier we uh, before we started that, um, you know, that's not always the case. What What's going on there?
1: Okay, so at at the very beginning of, of my wrestling career, I was trying to figure out what I was. And I knew I wanted to bring, like I just said, a part of me and part of home to everywhere I go. I was wrestling and living in Florida at the time where I first started wrestling. And uh, I was wearing a, a bright green, like, Jets hat. And I had just just to match the generic bright green trunks that I had. Uh, or bikers rather, and I realized that that Jets hat was getting a reaction from people, you know, Dolphins fans or, or whoever. So I was like, all right, well, there's something there. There's something about that that New York symbolism that, that gets a reaction right away before I even know what to do with it. And so I think to myself, okay, well, my next pair of custom gear has to do something with that. It has to bring some New York to me. And I think what's well, better to get a reaction from people than Yankee pinstripes so, I, I get a pair of custom trunks or, or bikers with uh, with Yankee pinstripes on them and I heart JD in the I heart NY sort of font mm-hmm. right on my leg and people are mad immediately. I get, I'm getting negative visceral reactions just off on site, on appearance, and, and I just start building around that. Uh, the person I'm dating at the time suggests, why don't you carry something? Like a slice of pizza to the ring or a bagel or something. I start bringing New York uh, imagery to what I was doing. And it, and then it's uh, it's the Yankee fitted. It's uh, you know, a chain, oh a biggie God. t-shirt, things like that. You <laughs> just further those reactions and further that New Yorkness while out of state. Again, in Georgia, Alabama, Florida. Mm-hmm. If, if, if they don't know who I am, they at least know what I'm going to be representing to some degree. And they can just react off that until they get to know me. Uh, totally, so yeah, I do, like, yeah. because I'm from the Bronx, I do represent the pinstripes. But as you can see by the shirt, by the Timmy Trumpets, that Edwin Diaz shirt, I'm actually a mess fan. I just don't, I don't really put it out there like that. <laughs> <'Cause>
0: <laughs> I'll that tell me, I'm from I, the
1: Bronx, I bleed pinstripes by accident, whether I, whether I like it or not.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um it's the same way that uh, you know, when people talk about New York, it's either they talk about Yankees or like uh the Knicks, but then like uh the Nets and uh the Mets always get like some type of bad rap and it's exactly, like
1: Exactly, exactly, you
0: know? <laughs> I I know I know how that is too. Um so you did mention that uh, you moved down to Florida. Uh did you go there for training and or something else or just for No, like, I training? actually
1: I went there. I went there to go to school. I went there to finish college. Um So a a brief background, I was playing college football in Indiana when I came out of high school and I was playing quarterback and I went there for one season and I I left that school. It was it was a bad fit. I was in the middle of nowhere and I wasn't happy. And so I came home to go to community college and I always had it in my head that I wanted to wrestle after football, whenever that may be. But when football ended early, I was I was more in a headspace of like, I don't know what I am without football yet. And I wasn't really ready, I guess, mentally to start wrestling. Uh, I'm finishing community college and I'm still trying to f- play football. I'm touring a bunch of different schools and I'm visiting with coaches and things like that. And I go visit Florida Atlantic down in, in Boca Raton. And it's not the best visit football wise, but I kind of get in my head, they're like, all right, like I like Florida. Maybe there's, maybe there's something out here that doesn't have to do with football. And it comes to my head, like, oh, full Sail university. They have like media and entertainment. They have this relationship with WWE. Maybe that's something I can mm-hmm. do. And then I do a little research, and they have the a sports broadcasting program, which is exactly what I wanted to do with college. I wanted to get into sports radio, sports talk, broadcasting in that way. And I just tried to marry it all. So I knew they had a relationship with WWE. They had a degree that I wanted, and it was in Orlando, Florida. I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna pack up the jeep and go. I literally packed up my whole life in a truck and I left. And then maybe two weeks after me moving to Florida and being there, my 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 girlfriend at the time. She was like, "Hey, like, football's done. You're done with that. You're just a student now for the first time in your life." Mm-hmm. You always talk about how you wanted to wrestle. Now, time is now. Go, 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 go. Look up a, a school and figure it out. So I did, and I and I connected with my my second cousin down there. His name is Jason Cade, who was uh, a very established, very solid, independent wrestler He was contracted with the MLW at the time. And I basically just followed his lead, and he would bring me to different schools, and he would. You know, connect me with different people as I got as I got started. And that was my, I guess, the beginning of my journey before I started uh, doing my own thing and traveling out of Florida to go everywhere else.
0: That is fantastic. Um, you know, I always like it when either a plan comes together by accident or like you already know. Um, you were mentioning before how like, you know, when you were doing the college football, you were meeting with coaches going here to this school, that school. Is it? Do you find it similar or not similar at all when it comes to like wrestling for like different companies around the, around like the world?
1: I would I would say it was really similar for my experience. Not when it came to what I was doing uh, with what I was describing, but my high school recruiting yeah. process. Um, when I was coming out of high school, I was not highly recruited uh, by schools going out looking for me. I was going out contacting schools, so I was. For like two years, I was taking a trip a month to a new college, whether it be in Texas, Indiana, Oklahoma, Ohio, uh, even as close as Jersey to as far as Georgia or Florida, uh, trying to get recruited and put my name out there because I wasn't getting the right opportunities for schools to look at me. So in in that sense, it's very similar, right? It's like you pack up your car or you get on your own flight and you go out of your way to get those eyes on you. And that recruiting process of nearly two years built a lot of character when it came to like hearing no and being able to move forward. Uh-huh. But it also just became as simple as like, all right, I got another travel this weekend. All right, I got another trip this weekend. I got to go to another place. I got to perform. I got to perform. And always just trying to uh, be on, or, like be at your best on, you know, a few hours of sleep. So that's, that's yeah. something that it definitely like gave me an, a leg up when it came to my wrestling career.
0: Yeah, um, that's like very wonderful. Definitely like very ambitious, driven and like really going out there and stuff. So like, I'm all right. So with high school football into like college football, um, where did that passion come about?
1: I played my whole life. Uh, My dad uh, played for the NYPD after he came out of college. So he, he became a police officer in New York City. And they have a football program all of the major police departments across oh. the country do and so they all play each other it's basically minor league professional football and he was a very highly decorated de- uh, detective and a very highly decorated football player he's like a minor league football hall of famer he he has a very uh ambitious and like go forward drive when it comes to football and so that was put in me I was playing quarterback when I was five okay. years old and when I was five years old that was like what I was told all right this is what you are and this is what you're gonna do And I was good at that. Like I totally bought in. Uh, All of my middle school and high school memories are like football related, and or most of at least, which was a good thing because I was fully bought in. I was completely invested in that, and it didn't go the way I wanted to in college. But it also formed my or developed my hard work and formed my mindset coming out of high school.
0: Definitely. Um, So I'm going to ask you the same question about wrestling. Like, where did that passion come about?
1: Oh, I I fell in love. I, I was 10 years old. I was 10 years old and I, I was at the after school program. Both my parents worked. And uh, I'm sitting next to a kid on the the PSP, you know, like the PlayStation Portable. And he's playing SmackDown versus Raw, like 06 or 07. I can't remember which one, but I saw like a slow-mo animation of Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. hitting Switching Music, like out of the corner in real time. And I'm like, oh, that, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. What is that? And and he just tells me like, oh, it's like WWE, like pro wrestling. Like, and I'm like, I don't really know, what you mean? Like I have a WWE game for GameCube, but I never play it. I don't even know what it is. And he was like, Oh dude, like Monday Night Raw is tonight. You gotta watch it. You gotta watch it at nine o'clock. I'm nine, so I have a bedtime that's nine o'clock, but I stay up a little late, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's like nine ten. It's real quiet. My my mom thinks I'm going to sleep and I turn the TV on I'm like volume oh, one. And the very first thing I see, I'll never forget this. It was like a fall entering winter of oh of six. And I see Jeff Hardy doing a suicide dive onto umaga very first thing that i see when i turn on the tv and i'm like oh that i'm doing that that's what i want to do and it took it took some years for me to get to it uh when i finished high school i went to create a pro which is where i initially trained Mm -hmm. on long island yeah and i went there for the summer right before i went away to play college football i trained there for for a couple months and i said like I'll, I'll come back to this. I'll come back to this. But that okay. passion as a fan was always there. I was watching every Monday. I was watching as many Fridays as I could when I wasn't out doing something with family or friends or whatever. Uh, and I was I was in love. And that to this day isn't left.
0: And it's kind of interesting as you tell that story, because uh, behind the scenes and uh, DMs, I was like, yeah, why don't we book it for a Monday and call it Monday Night Bodega Boy? And I love like Monday Night Raw, yeah, Monday Night Raw was like the first loved, thing you saw. I loved, like, at ten, <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> um, I just thought that that's a funny story that like ties into all of this. So if anyone out there wondering, it's Monday Night Bodega Boy, just because, yep. you know, at 10 years old, he fell in love with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, you're over down in Florida. You're at Full Sail, which um, I wanted to go to Full Sail like at one point uh, during like my education career, but I settled with uh, here in New York getting my bachelor's in creative writing and a publishing certificate, and I was like, I'm good. I get to do what I want now. Um, okay. So uh, I want to know, like, you started wrestling in 2018.
1: Yeah, right? that's when I fully started and- wrestling and training full time. Twenty late 2018.
0: Cool. And then you were doing most of that in Florida,
1: Yeah, right? Or Yeah. The cool. occasional like outward booking of Georgia or like Alabama, but it was mostly Florida, a lot of WN stuff. Uh, yeah. Instant. Um,
0: so, uh, while you were there getting, you know, your, your feet wet for the phrase of it, um, <laughs> uh, what are some fond memories do you have uh, when you first started out?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, The first time I ever left the state to wrestle is probably the coolest memory in my head. It was really simple. It was uh, two people that I was training with, Jay Sky, Richard King, two of my best friends to this day. uh, They invited me after somebody else said no to them uh, to bring a third on a drive for one of their first out-of-state bookings in Georgia. And they texted me, and within like two minutes, I was like, yes, absolutely, I'm, I'm going, let's go. And I didn't think I would wrestle. I don't know if I was going to get paid. Didn't matter. I wanted to be on the road. I wanted to try that uh, adventure.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: we get in the car. And it's like six hours, seven hours driving. Yeah. And it was a great time. Didn't matter. Um, It's super fun. That's where the three of us bonded. Then we eventually formed a faction out of it. But that's the first day that I actually really talked to either of them. Outside of, like, chatting in training or the occasional, like, me and, and Jay would hop on PlayStation every once in a while with a couple of different people uh, and like play WWE mm-hmm. 2K together, but it was like a big group. So the <laughs> yeah. three of us getting in that car for the first time. And there was, there was a a girl in their group as well, Lexi who became one of my, one of my dear friends later on. But like at that time, the three of us formed a bond on that drive, probably the best time. Um, when it comes to other memories, that's like stuff I was doing as a, as an intern at the performance center. That was super formative and i'm sure we'll get into all that but yeah a lot of a lot of like first wrestling experiences happened in florida so there's definitely a lot of members like that
0: yeah uh so before we do jump into wwe um i was doing a little more uh research and um the team name of your stable was called rapture right
1: we are the rapture that's right that's we were uh we were running as a as a big group for a little while we grew up to six and then post-COVID shrunk back down, and it was just the, the two of them that I was talking about and myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, for those that don't know uh, who the Rapture was, like, what was the main concept of, like, the, the stable?
1: Yeah, so it started it started based on a tag team, the, the those two guys, Jay and Rich, uh, and I, they tell the story a little bit differently, but I didn't mm-hmm. form the group, so I can't really know what Group, what story is the truth all i know is that it had something to do with the game bioshock which is a game i don't okay. play so i can't <laughs> speak on it uh but it was it was formed as a tag team the two of them started training like within like two months of each other and they came in really quickly and they were wrestling each other and then they formed a tag team they added on this girl lexi gomez uh the unbreak the unbreakable lexi gomez she's wonderful uh and then comes me and then comes a dude named Demarcus Cutler, who no longer wrestles. And then we had a manager added to the group and we just kept growing and growing. Uh, And most of our work was happening at WWN uh, ACW, which was a uh, a show that would like developmentally basically feed to full Mm -hmm. impact uh, with the intention of feeding to evolve before they they sold the company to to WWE and their tapes. And that's where we were really cutting our teeth and and getting our reps in uh, to the point where we were good enough to basically take over the show. And we were the the featured group every week and every episode.
0: Uh, Do you enjoy being in a stable or do you just enjoy being a singles wrestler?
1: (sighs) Both. I will will say that I don't prefer tag team wrestling for me. It's just it's, it's enjoyable to watch. But as a performer, I am very much a singles wrestler. However, having mm-hmm. backup, having a group of people that have your back in those single situations, as well as just having running mates, having road buddies, the lifestyle aspect of like being in a faction or having a stable is, is awesome to me. I think that I was so fortunate that when I first started wrestling, I had a little community to do it with. Mm-hmm. Um, that had I started on my own, it would have been a lot harder.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have any favorite stables at the moment?
1: In the, in the grand scape of wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, Blackpool Combat Club is awesome. They're killing it. Everybody in that group is just a, just a murderer, which is awesome. Um, I've always been a big Bullet Club fan, uh, uh, less so now as The Elite went and formed AEW, but still interested. Um, I'm still a fan of New Japan re- Pro Wrestling, even though I don't watch it as frequently as I may be used to. With that being said, yeah, The Bucks and Kenny and, and The Elite. Undisputed Era for for a while. We're we're a big favorite oh, yeah. of mine. Um, yeah, basically all the cool bad guy groups are like <laughs> my jam. Any any time that you can just throw out with your friends and kind of snub your nose at the crowd is a good time for me.
0: Yeah, I totally understand that. And if you need uh, any updates on New Japan, I'm your girl as well. Oh um I'm ne- yeah. <laughs> I'm basically like uh, I got dubbed by my friends in like uh, the podcasting community as a professor of New Japan Pro Wrestling, <laughs> and then like I just developed like New Japan Queen. So I'm like, oh, that's great, the person to go to. Yeah, good. I'm um, gonna come to you for a New Japan update. <laughs> you think I'm joking or not? Uh, all right. I'll I'll see you in my DMs. That'd Perfect. be great. <laughs> um so, uh let's get into the thing that we have in common which you both worked at WWE, which is uh sure. kind of awesome. Uh you had an internship with WWE uh down in uh Florida because it only makes sense. Um so how did that uh happen?
1: Yes, the the internship, the the opportunity of my life. Um yes. so like I said I went to Full Sail to try and marry it all together, right? I I went to get this degree, but I also knew that this school had the relationship with WWE. By relationship, it was effectively that they were holding their NXT shows on the school campus in their live venue. And what they would do with Full sale students, they would use them as like marketing interns or sales interns, which was effectively, they were selling tickets, they were helping promote locally, uh, they were ushering fans into the building and seating them. Basically, like low-level event planning yeah. type positions, which was which was totally yeah. cool. And when I first got to the school, that was something that I asked about immediately. But I also knew that I went there for bigger things, or I went there for something that was more geared what I wanted to study and what I wanted to do with my career. So I went to my program director, Gus Ramsey, who used to work for WWE uh, for the Edge and Christian show. He was the, one of the main showrunners on that, and previously worked on ESPN. He was the program director of the entire sports broadcasting program. So when I got there and he was getting to know some of the students, I told him, I'm like, hey, the WWE relationship with Full Sail is exactly why I'm here. That's not to say that I don't have the passion for other things and and cover football and basketball and all those other things, but WWE is the reason that I'm here at this school. How can I bring what I do with the program and combine it with the WWE? And he said, Give me a couple months and check back in. I said, cool, no problem. I'm going about, you know, starting at the school. I'm also starting my independent wrestling journey. And I'm, like I said, trying to figure it all out, how to, how to bring it all together. I check at, I check back in with Gus, uh, while also asking about the already in existence, like internship that they were running with the sales and marketing. Yeah, I check back in with Gus and he tells me, all right, give me like another month and I'll have something for you, I promise. I'm like, cool, no problem. Another month goes by, I check back in, you get Gus, what you got? He says, all right, Joe, you know, check it out. We're working on an internship between our broadcasting students and WWE at the Performance Center. Uh, in about two weeks, we're gonna start doing interviews. So get me your information, get me your resume and, and things like that. I said, no problem. I get them all of that. I am the first interview. I am the very first hire. I get the call that I'm hired before I even make it back home. Man. why? I will tell you why, because running the interview was Byron Saxton, Tom Phillips, and a woman named Dawn Hodges, who was one of the HR representatives for the company. Yeah. I showed, I was able to show that I have knowledge of the business, passion for the business without coming off as a fan. And that was something that they were worried about when it came to letting people in the performance center is being careful about who we tell these secrets and who's going to act professionally in that setting. So I made sure that was like, hey, I'm here to work, but I need you to know that I love this and I'm here for this. And like I said, I was hired before I even got home. So uh, fast forward about a month, the internship starts, and now I'm in the Performance Center twice a week, working with Byron and Tom Phillips, and Caleb Braxton, uh, Alicia Taylor, who's now the head ring announcer for NXT, um, as well as other staff members but also some of the NXT talent uh who who eventually became friends casey catanzaro yeah, yeah. tegan knox's uh daniel v do drew gulak a lot of the a lot of the wwe talent that were in the performance center were the people we were practicing with and by practicing the roles that we were doing were uh color commentating on in-ring announcing uh play-by-play panel hosting and live event hosting so we had multiple different non-wrestling talent roles that all the interns were going through. There were six hired at first and then another five, another five came on like two months later. So then we were like cycled out into groups. Uh, I was doing very well at this and it was showing that I, that I knew what I was watching. I knew what I was there for and that I cared about what we were doing. Uh, after like two months, they tell me, Hey, um, you're doing really you're doing really well with this. We're not gonna offer this opportunity for everybody of all the interns, but we're we're gonna ask you, do you wanna come sit backstage at NXT? Of course I do.
0: Yeah so yeah. at the time
1: we weren't we weren't uh on TV every week yet. It was just so mm-hmm. NXT tapings in-house at full sale. So I'm sitting next to Byron's I'm sorry sitting next to Tom Phillips mm-hmm. uh, who's to my left on the headset for a full taping. This is like four or five hours of TV getting made. Um as he's feeding lines or information or whatever it may be to Mauro Ranallo and Beth Phoenix and Nigel McGuinness, who are all on the call at the time. And I'm just soaking in all of this knowledge. And I got yeah. Keith Lee and Dijakovic and Adam Cole and Tyler Breeze and Dango all behind me, whether it be you know talking about their matches or talking yeah. about the show or whatever, Triple H walking back and forth. And I'm just soaking it all in, um, not only as a broadcaster, but also as, a wrestler at the beginning of his journey. And I'm trying to learn as quickly as possible because I knew that I was on effectively borrowed time in the PC until I get back there full time. You know, I am not gonna be here every day, so let me learn as much as I can. And so I did, so shortly after that, I was following uh, Johnny Loquasto, who was on the call for 205 Live for a little while um, before, before the pandemic to NXT Live events. I was doing the coconut loops and I was watching him do his thing, but I was also, you know, talking to Keith Lee and talking to Cash Zono and Gargano and learning how they put matches together, how they interact with crowds. I had the best wrestling education possible because I went and got a regular education at the place that I got it. And I was, and I, it always comes back to this, trying to marry all of it, trying to bring all of what I do together. I will say that I I'm coming up on my fourth year in wrestling but I know more than a lot of people who've only been wrestling for four years, just because of the people that I was able to learn from. And I'm very fortunate, I'm very lucky to have those opportunities, but I also don't take them lightly.
0: I love that whole entire story. My heart was happy. uh... Nah, it's good, man. I love it. Um, cause like you know, your journey is a little bit different from mine. When I uh, got for got into WWE and stuff. Um, but I wanted to make a quick comment of like you know, um, after doing like my research, I was watching some of your matches. Uh, just like recently, just to be like, oh, I want to see how like you know you wrestle in the ring. What kind of stories you tell? And like every match that like I was watching in the afternoon, it's all fun. To watch you work, especially with guys that like I know, like uh, you had a match with uh, Brother Greatness um, at, 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 at at um yeah at a at, uh, New uh, and there, I love
1: New which a quick story that was on my birthday yeah. and it was in Queens which I've never wrestled in in the boroughs before and I was able to pack like fifty seats of like fam- friends and family who all came to see yeah me. man and that, oh my god it was like it just made my heart so happy and you yeah know, Brother Greatness is such a such a lovely lovely man and wrestling him, him on my birthday in front of my family in my hometown was like surreal it was surreal
0: yeah he's one of my favorites too so i checked that match out and i was like yeah i'm having fun watching this one uh you also wrestled um sofia uh castillo as well too um like you know just gender. and i was like
1: stunner she's a killer love her <laughs> yeah. she's a, she's, an, she's another person that from florida like love her to death um she's gonna be my friend forever she's awesome
0: yeah, um so, you know, uh because you got the behind the scenes knowledge and talking to the wrestlers and stuff, like you could definitely see it in like, you know, your matches and most likely like after this interview, I'll go on my Twitch community and watch some of your matches with my community, cuz that's what I do with like wrestlers and Love stuff. Um, put on,
1: thanks. <laughs> Love that. I'm
0: so um, laughing. I, yeah, man, I, I do it with, like, you know, people who are ambitious and really want something from this business and are passionate about it. Um, I do have to agree with you that, like, the WWE process, uh, even though yours is, is, like, completely different from mine, but it's the fact that, like, they do sometimes uh, want to make sure that they're hiring the right person Absolutely. at times. And, I, and that's, that's um, <laughs> only the
1: first time that I worked for WWE, because then I have a whole second career with WWE that didn't even happen until the post-pandemic.
0: Yeah, which which will get into that. I have yeah, some yeah, questions yeah. about that one? I got two. Um,
1: <laughs> I got two totally <laughs> separate starts with WWE. Neither of them is a wrestler. It's it's wild.
0: Yeah, it's wild. which I I will also say too that like when I had my interview with them, um, I did get that call back like the same day to be like, hey, yeah, you're hired. You know, come over there. So like when I got hired for WWE, um, I so like a friend of mine was working in the same place that I was working at called like Spyscape. I don't know if you ever visited Spyscape here in New York city, but like it's a, it's a, it's a spy museum. If you want to, like, you can, that you can go fun. look it up. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I used to work there for everyone that wants to know a little freebie for you guys. Cause I don't really reveal my, my backstory like that. Um, so, so my friend knew the hiring manager. And so I connected with the hiring manager, talked to them, went through the whole process. Um, I even, Went on the metro north all the way to to Connecticut in the summer. Yeah. Walked my ass to the freaking production, uh, like TV place uh, to yeah. have the interview. Have the interview in the, like the summer, sweating my ass off. And then like that uh, that same day, or at least like the next day, I got the call and was like, "Hey, you're hired." Uh, what I did was um, sit at a cubicle for eight hours watching WWE programming to fix the WWE network uh, to make the SEO stronger for people okay, to okay. Uh, search. Yeah, for people, yeah, search the optimization, right thing. which is needed yeah, yeah.
1: is especially at the first at the launch of the W network it was crucial. Yeah. For
0: sure. Yeah. So I was I was in that in 2018. Um, and then like, you know, I could tell you other stories too, but that's basically like how I got in. Um, and yeah, I don't I don't, I don't, I don't it. regret it. Uh only for three months. It was a okay. temporary project, yeah, yeah, yeah. but travel. um, yeah, but normally like um like during my lunchtime after I was done, I would mingle with everybody. I would pass on my business cards. I would make sure that people know who I am <laughs> just to be like, hey, what you doing? Oh, I want to learn. What is this? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I would talk to people. 100%. Um have to, yeah, have I, would, to. I would talk to people, get to know like this or that and stuff. But um, I don't regret it. Um, you know, with Triple H back now, I would definitely go back just to just to be under Triple H's wing now that I know command has uh, changed. But now I guess we get to talk about you being a production assistant for NXT UK.
1: Yeah, that was a whole that was a whole different journey. Uh so you know, I finished the internship up and and that was about two months before or one month before COVID hit was when I fully, fully finished out the internship and and had stopped working with WWE in that in that capacity. Uh COVID hits, I moved back to New York. I I have to leave Florida, obviously. Mm-hmm. And a couple months later I'm graduating. It was expressed to me that if not for that, they would have kept me in Florida, which okay. obviously would have been you know a dream come true. And that's something that I still am trying to push. Right, I, I still want to be in Florida. I, I love broadcasting just as much as I love um, you know wrestling. With that being said, I graduate during the pandemic. Everybody's locked in. Instead of hiring me, they fire about 150 employees, which of course is. Yeah. Horrendous. it's It's so sad to see how that went down, which we all know um, so I'm trying to get hired with w w e uh, still doing the broadcasting thing, and it's just not really hitting they don't have the touring schedule they don't need the talent and and you can see yeah. it as they they even let go some talent at that time that weren't wrestlers uh, however, I did have a a client at the gym at the gym that that my father owns as I personal train who was a a quarterback. I, I was training him personally as a quarterback for for some years. And his father had just gotten hired by WWE to do the documentary series Untold. So now yeah. he's with now he's with the Rivals series. But at the time, he was like the showrunner for Untold. And we were talking a lot about production and editing. And I had just, you know, during the during the pandemic, when everybody's locked in, I just start working on that. I had learned a little bit in college, but not nearly enough to you know, to supplant a career in it. So, or support a career in it. So I try my hand, I'm practicing, I'm sending him my stuff, he's giving me feedback and I'm working back on it, draft two, draft three, draft four, and I'm giving giving him all this work, I'm getting all this feedback. And remind you, he's in the WWE system, so now he knows how things should be looking from a wrestling standpoint. That's all the editing I was doing. So I finally get to a point where, or he gets finally to a point where he says, all right, like I think you're ready for, a potential opportunity with WWE. Let me uh-huh. start making some calls. Let's make some contacts. Let's see who's hiring right now in the company. And at first, it was it was actually a position with the WWE network moving to Peacock because all of that content needed to get over there. But it all has to get it all had to be edited to Peacock specifications. Yeah, as in like some of, you know, some of the TV 14 content needed to be changed. Some of the WWE WWF stuff needed to be changed a little bit differently that we were doing it in-house with, with the network. So that position was what I was initially going for. Uh, it didn't hit. They ended up dissolving the position. And like a week later, they auditioned. They, audition. They, in, they interviewed me for NXT UK. Uh, I have that. I have a follow up. And then they hired me for it. It was a three month temp. They extended me to six months. Okay. I did this six months and then they were like, okay, cool. Thanks. Good job. Uh, which as, as wrestling fans know, NXT UK was coming to a close and and now it's completely gone. So it just made sense that they didn't bring me on to a position that wouldn't exist a couple months later. Uh, but in that time with NXT UK, like I learned even more. It's, it's mm-hmm. just the same as when I was doing it with, with the performance center, everything I was learning there, I was bringing back to my wrestling. So everything with UK, I was bringing it back. I never knew how to wrestle for TV until yeah. I started editing TV. So I wasn't, you know, as, a, as a PA with, with NXT UK, I wasn't, you know, uh, getting coffee for people, picking up laundry, dry cleaning. I wasn't running uh, running papers all over the place. Like, I was actually doing a lot of the editing. Um, I was editing highlight packages. I was editing story packages, vignettes, uh, sometimes live, like, the actual wrestling that had to get edited, that had to get cut around or add sound. Uh, cut around commentary, things like that. I was a part of the entire editing process as well as some of the roles when it took on like a taping day, we would, we would tape NXT UK. We would tape eight episodes at a time. So that was two days two two eight two eight hour days or so of live wrestling in a row. And I had various roles during those days. So it was all of those things that it took to create wrestling television that I was being able to pull back and bring back to my wrestling. And, you know, I, I am hard on myself. There are a lot of things that I know I could be doing better because of where I've been yeah. and because of who mm-hmm. I've learned from. But like I said before, at four years wrestling, I'm, I'm ahead of where a lot of people are because of it. So I'm very, again, very fortunate to have been able to
0: yeah.
1: earn those opportunities because it's not like anything was handed. But at the same time, those are you know, slim to none opportunities that I'm able to bring back to what I do.
0: Definitely. And, you know, uh, that Ajo saying of, um, you know, you're there at the right time, the, uh, you know, uh, right day, right time type of uh, exactly. phrase. Um, you know, uh, don't be too hard on yourself because I could be the same way. Like, like there's other things in my head where I'm like, I could always do so much better when it comes to like my content and how I post it out there, how I market myself. But at the at the end of the day, like if you're happy with what with where you're at and you know that there's this path that still needs to be done. Uh, you got lots of time to like do it 100%. and like trial by error and like you know you know from our experiences, which is kind of cool hearing like the two different WWE sides. Which, by the way, for people listening out there, uh, WWE does sign you to like a temporary contract, um, and then extends it based on like performance or whatever they deem as like you know a rubric or whatever it is. I just had a little bit of a I, it's not really like a bad ending, so to speak, because I don't regret it. But like for the sake of this, a little bit of a weird bad ending for me <laughs> on my mm. on my end. um But like, yeah, man, don't don't like beat yourself up, man. You're doing wonderful. I was gonna ask, um you know, like because it it said NXT UK, and I was like, did they ever? I did they ever fly you out to UK? By oh, any I wish
1: chance? no. Okay, so, okay. So the UK team during the pandemic didn't stop making TV. And there was just a short, there was a short while where there wasn't any new wrestling come out, coming out, but the UK team got to a point where we don't have to leave Connecticut to make TV. And the only time we'll go to the UK is if we have a takeover, uh, a Blackpool, uh, what are the other?
0: Yeah, yeah, one of those. I just know that one.
1: (laughs) The other UK takeovers that happened. So they would go over there for that. But yeah, so there were three teams that were running the UK team. It was the – or the, running NXT UK. There was the actual UK wrestling roster and coaches and yeah. the performance their team. Uh, there was us in Connecticut who were producing all of it. So our director was in Connecticut. Our field manager was in UK. UK. Uh, all of the editors were in UK. And then there was Matt Bloom and Shawn Michaels and Nigel McGuinness were in Orlando. So this was a tri-city production for every team okay. day. Uh, and Vic Joseph as well, who was in Orlando when he was, anytime he was uh, doing commentary or helping out, he was in Orlando as well. So these were three cities all putting together live live wrestling, all happening in the UK. Which was amazing okay. to me, but at the same time, I would, I would have loved to go out to London to the BT Sport uh, Arena.
0: Yeah, because I was wondering, because I'm like, you know, did they ever like fly you out it's nxt uk you're a production assistant maybe they need you on hand over there for if, some reason and then you know if bring we back. went
1: if we went as a team to, to uk i would have been a part of that for sure we just yeah, yeah. we didn't come to a situation where we needed it especially during COVID. the remote yeah, work yeah, yeah. got so efficient
0: yeah okay cool cool so uh, in my way of thinking that like they basically shot NXC uk and then send it send the footage over to you guys
1: Exactly. That's exactly what happened. It all got shot in, in England and then all got sent over to Connecticut. And then when we finished it, we sent it to Orlando for approval and then put it out.
0: Of course, all the approvals, man, you have to make sure that like it, it it goes, it goes according to plan. Um, that, that is fantastic. Uh, you know, I am a little jealous, but at the same time, I am proud that you know you went that way and like you stood with it. Uh, because most people just don't really stay with like their dreams or what they like really want to do. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's I, difficult to anybody, you know, it's yeah, difficult. it is
1: difficult, but I've known what I wanted to do since I'm a little kid, yeah. And I've 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 uh sort of geared my life and not just myself, like the people around me, My my parents have been supportive uh and friends who've had my back like my community my community have helped me gear my life towards what I want to do and I've yep. had very few obstacles that that turn me away from it right the obstacles that you go through that you overcome you make sure that they don't steer you away and that's that's what I've been very fortunate to have
0: totally totally love that so we're coming down to like the last little bit of uh, this interview. So I'm just going to ask you some like questions as like not wrestling related. Okay. Um, you know, um, what motivates you to keep on going? Uh,
1: the next thing I have going. So right now, the, uh, the next opportunity I have is WXW Germany. I'm wrestling there mm-hmm. October 1st through 4th. I'll be over there. And so as long as I have something to look forward to, I just don't stop. And that can almost be to a fault to where like I have to be busy all the time. But I don't like the stillness. I like to keep moving forward and always have something to push for. And so that thing I'm pushing for is whatever that next thing is.
0: Uh, Was there ever an obstacle that stopped you? But you thought outside the box and you were able to be like, all right, this obstacle is no longer here.
1: Oh, yeah, it was it was the pandemic pandemic. I thought that I was gonna be done wrestling entirely. It was it was partly because I left Florida and didn't have any connections in New York when it came to wrestling and I didn't have a wrestling community up here. But it was also partially because I thought that I would work for WWE a lot sooner than I did. And so I thought that I wouldn't be able to wrestle even if I wanted to. The way I got around that were twenty dollar round trip flights to Orlando, where Florida didn't really close and didn't really shut down wrestling too much, so I was able to continue through some of the pandemic, going to Florida or going to Georgia, and having opportunities to, to keep doing what I love.
0: That is awesome. Twenty dollars, twenty dollars flights to like Florida.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was like it was like a thirty-two dollar round flight, round trip flight on a weekend. I don't even know how I don't even know how they were pulling it off, but now they're getting upset back with, over, with overcharging. So.
0: I hear the stories are, like, horrible. Really? Um, I, You know, uh, me and you talk about, like, community and building, like, communities and stuff like that. Um, you know, what are, some, what are some ways you build your community?
1: Uh, something that I've always found important, as simple as knowing and remembering people's names. Uh, my dad taught me something when I was, when I was younger, was meet everyone. And then my brother taught me a trick when it comes to knowing people's names. When you meet somebody, say their name back to them like two, three times, and you won't forget it. I keep those. When you get to know somebody and when you get to know their name, it makes them feel good. And it opens them up to getting to know you too. And that's, that's just something that I've always kept with me my entire life. So I, I'm, I pride myself on my ability to get to know people. And that's where it starts with the name.
0: I love that. Uh, Yeah. Names are always important. Uh, I have this tendency to talk to somebody. And then when I sort of like, all right, cool. I'll I'll then say my name, but I won't, I won't be the first person to be like, Hey, I'm Maria, unless like I'm doing something business-wise.
1: It's basically a a gimmick of mine at, at (laughs) CZW. It's like, hi, I'm Jared Diaz because I just, I have the, I have the uh, necessity, I guess, to introduce myself to people and to get to know them back.
0: Yeah. Um, but then again, you know, I would just call you bodega boy as, as, I, as a nickname.
1: I, I would be fine with that too. <laughs> However, you I remember did. me is good enough.
0: Yeah. Um, and then if I ever get mad at you, be like your full name. Uh, <laughs> I, I just did that with everybody. <laughs> I, I that with everybody. My
1: Government. If you're upset, <laughs> yeah. right.
0: I did that with everybody. Um, yeah, with all my friends. Like, if I know them as like a specific like nickname or like you know their username on like Xbox or like whatever I'm playing, I yeah. will call them by that. And then if I get upset, I will say your name, and you know oh, you me. like fucked about. up. Yeah,
1: I <laughs> take you back.
0: Uh, <laughs> pretty much, I, that's that's all I do. Um, but I guess I'll ask you one last uh, question about that's like wrestling related about uh, championships. Um sure. On a, uh Okay, I don't know why mean, it, mean, I'm drawing a blank.
1: You mean my well, Paradise I Alley mean, Pro Wrestling
0: United I mean, States if, Championship
1: <laughs> that I post I mean, content if you, with all the time? No, go ahead. I mean,
0: if you. I mean, I mean, if you want to wear it, but I was going to ask you about ranking like your top five uh, championship title boats that you like. In no, okay. in no specific order.
1: Is this by design, visually, or is this by like their appeal? It's, their their. It's it,
0: it's basically however you want importance. it. It's your it's okay. your list.
1: Okay. Okay. That's valid. Uh, <laughs> I think the cool. I, it's a terrible take, and and nobody agrees with me, but I'm owning it. I don't care. It was the first probably wrestling toy I ever had. This the John Cena Spinner WWE title. That monstrosity, that ugly ass belt, is my favorite. I think it's the coolest. I think it's it's so personal to the guy who held it. And maybe if I'm the only one, then so be it. Uh I think it's great. So that's that's top number one to me. Um I really like, I really like the old school IC belt um with the black strap as opposed to the white strap for some reason. That's just what I prefer. Uh man, top five is tough. I think the AEW World Title is beautiful. I think it's just a beautiful piece of of uh, I guess company history for them. And I, I I know the world agrees with me on this one. The NXT UK Championship belt is is also beautiful. It's it is a, a work of art that thing.
0: Yeah. So that, that is
1: nice. that's four. Um, I'll tell you which one I didn't like at all is the brown like copper WWE Tag Title belts when they first unified them. I yeah, yeah. Like Primo and Epico had them, or maybe uh, yeah, Morrison and Miz had them so first. I don't, remember, I don't remember who had those belts first, but when they were copper, they were gross. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of those.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's not cool. Um, so wait, what's number five? I think you were up to number four. I
1: gave you four, and then one bad one. Um,
0: oh, okay, okay. So then, if that was the bad, okay, yeah. That's if you that's, that's to be my, that That's
1: my five. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, I've had a wonderful. Oh, you Talking with you know what?
1: You with know you. what? I up? take it back. The IWGP okay. Championship, the oh. one that's kind of, but the one that's kind of shaped like a bird, the newer one, I think it looks cool. I, it's another bad take, but I, I just, I just like it. It's cool. I think oh, it's cool. oh
0: my god! I can I'll, be I'll wrong. T-
1: I can be wrong.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this from like you know, uh, loving New Japan and whatnot. Um, it has grown on me. Um, it looks good on certain wrestlers. It's. I don't I, think that's I, agree with you. Like I agree Like every. With you. I think yeah.
1: Osprey. I think Osprey having it versus like Okada having it, it has a different feel.
0: It does. It really does. Um, and then like JY having it now, um, it's a little different feel. And I'm like, you know, it grows on you depending on who like the wrestler is. I
1: like it. I, I think it's cool.
0: <laughs> I I still like the the version I, four, the I one like, that they had before.
1: I I think you can tell this about my wrestling too. Is I like flashy. I like a little bit over the top and uh, modern. I, as much as I can appreciate old school and like have an affinity for it. The big gold belt, I think is a little overrated. I don't know if it's just because just because it's just because it's prestigious doesn't make it a good looking belt. That's what I'm gonna say. All
0: right. I can I, I can understand that part, but like that belt is my belt because uh I'm a big fan of Ric Flair. So like growing up my no, dad so would, am uh... I I
1: love Ric <laughs> Flair. I just don't think the NWA World's Championship at at as it was known at the time is the best looking belt. That's all that's a nostalgia <laughs> thing you're about to tell me. And you should tell me anyway. Please, please tell me.
0: Well, uh, that like, you know, my dad had me watching old school wrestling. So like, you know, I just grew up on uh, Ric Flair and like technical stuff. So I, I like technical based wrestlers. Mm-hmm. But if you can do all the flippy stuff with technical and that psychology and story, you're golden in my book. So, yep. you know, I, I need totally something, you know.
1: Totally yeah. vibe with that. That's substance. That's the substance that's there.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, I had a wonderful time talking to you, man. You're like really like up here. I was like, Oh, this is so, oh, great. That's so great. Thank uh, you so much. <laughs> I had a wonderful time talking to you. You're doing uh, a good job. Thank you, man. Um, you know, yeah. So I'm going to give you, um, you know, your own spotlight, put yourself over whatever you want to do. It's all up okay. to you.
1: Sure. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Diaz. J-A-R-E-T-T-D-I-A-Z because some people can't spell my name right, and that's fine. Um, New York has the best teams in baseball. Uh, you can find me on Wrestling Open like every couple weeks on IWTV. I wrestle at CZW. I'm going to be in WXW Germany uh, in October, which I'm super stoked about. And uh, I love what I do more than anything in the world. That's the last thing I'll say.
0: You want to know what's interesting? I say that every single time. That that is my tagline. I love what I do. You can find it on all of my like Twitter timeline, in all of my podcast episodes. I do say that I love what I do. Like, and well, and, well, and then you I, never... well, then I
1: meant to talk to you today.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um. This is why it's a little like I have this cheesy ass smile, right? That I'm yeah. just so excited be ch- about. Be um,
1: Be earnestly happy. That's that's <laughs> what we need. That's only more in wrestling and just in the world.
0: I I am, like, extremely, like, legit, like, super happy about this. I was like, oh, there's some similarities. Like, you know, who uses this? Uh, But, um, all right, so... Jared put himself over. I'm going to put myself over. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for stopping by to uh, watch a brand new episode, uh, an interview with Jared on uh, Square Circle Podcast. I am Marie Shadows. You can follow me at Twitter at Marie underscore Shadows. Make sure to follow the Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore Shadows, where it is September. The longer you sub, the more you save. um, And, you know, make sure to do that. Also, sign up to my newsletter. It is free along with paid content, marieshadows.subsec.com. Um, you know, uh, this was fantastic. Uh, I'm definitely gonna have to have you on again to talk about more stuff or whatever the case may be, or we could collab, whatever it is. Have me on uh, but, anytime. <laughs> happy to chat. Yeah. Uh, Jared is awesome. Make sure to go follow him and I will see everybody in the next episode and bye guys.